Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You're listening to the Awesomers.com podcast, episode number 31. And as always, you can find the show notes at awesomers.com backslash 31. That's awesomers.com slash 31. Today, my special guest is Will Moffitt. Will is an entrepreneur, partner, and builder of all kinds of different businesses. He's built many private label products within the physical products industry. And to do that, he structured large teams from around the world, including China, to bring in that import and supply chain process all the way from China, private labeling, making your own brand all the way into the United States. And he's done that for a number of years now very successfully. He took a little pause because Will and his partner started an inventory crowdfunding platform that's helped raise millions of dollars for e-commerce sellers nationwide. And that's called upfund.io. And we're going to talk in detail about how that concept works, why it's really interesting for uh, especially entrepreneurs who are uh, trying to scale quickly but finding cash flow is a, a challenge. And as always, we're going to have fun. Okay, Awesomers, we're back again. Steve Simonson today joined by Will Moffat. Will, how are you, buddy? Hey, wonderful, Steve. How's it going, man? I'm so glad you invited me. Oh, man, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, Will has his own podcast, uh, FBA Millionaires. What's it called? Will? Yes, FBA Millionaires. That was a one in a million shot there, let me just tell you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've had the pleasure to be on uh, Will's uh, show before, and I recommend everybody go check it out and subscribe. But Will also has a very interesting business that we're going to talk a little bit about today. Uh, plus, we're going to talk about his origin story, which is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but Will, maybe you could take us and just give us a general summary of kind of what you're doing today, what takes the most of your time and and uh, those types of particulars. Yes. Uh, so um, this day and age, uh, I have uh, I partnered with some friends. Uh, we have upfund.io, which is a inventory crowdfunding platform for Amazon sellers. Uh, we've been doing that since, whoa, it's been um, over two years, um, I think late uh, 2015 was it um yeah going on um maybe three years uh 2015 to 2016 so um that's been keeping me pretty busy uh i did kind of uh take some time off of amazon that's how i originally started um but recently i've been getting back into it um i find i found that even though i still understood amazon and i started getting into tech um a big part of me loves amazon i missed it and i missed the money too it's good you know, good income. So it's like, yeah. why, why did I just stop? So um, I just picked it back up. Um, learning more and it's important also with Upfund to know what's going on in, out there and, and to understand what, 
what's the pain and and um so we can better solve problems um through tech so yeah that's 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 what i've been doing i love it well it it always is um so much easier when you're kind of stuck in the soup with the rest of the 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 frog so to speak right <laughs> uh as the temperature goes up it's like hey we better figure out how to jump before the temperature gets too hot exactly and, you know, uh, having a live laboratory of your own selling methodology, your own product, whatever the case may be, whether it's e-commerce or Amazon, doesn't matter to me, but it helps keep you limber, keep you loose. Exactly. Uh, by the same token, you know, gosh, there's only a certain amount of uh, hours in the day. So, gosh, what's a guy to do? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's only so much we can get done. So, uh, in a minute, we're going to uh, dig into your origin story. But uh, one of the questions I had is, what gave you the idea to start your upfund uh, crowdsourcing kind of inventory financing? It's a very unique um splice of kind of the crowdfunding and the the need of you know cash flow and inventory what where did the idea genesis come from yes yeah, so uh when we first originally started with amazon um we grew really really fast and it was a little it was extremely fast <laughs> and this was back in 2015 um so what we did is we had an issue finding money for this growth and we had money we had credit we had everything we needed to go to a bank and say we thought to get money, right? Um, well, the bank took months to get back to us. And when they finally approved us, they said they wanted collateral, you know? And it's like, um, we have money. You see our inbound, you know, our payments coming in biweekly. You see we have money. You see we have property. What is the big problem? you know, would just giving us a small loan. Um, so what we said was uh, after that, we didn't take the money and we just said, okay, let's build our own platform. Um, uh, have some pretty savvy and smart partners um, that are in the tech industry. Um, I, me personally started with Amazon. Sorry for the background. I'm in a city here and yeah, no um, problem. Police and fire and trucks and everything. But um, yes, so, so we decided to go ahead and build something that we felt that if we needed it, other people would need it also. And um, it was a challenging pro project. And we generally like to take on challenging products because, you know, hey, what else is there to do? Um, you know, yeah, just, keeps, you, keeps you loose, right? Exactly, yeah, right? Um, keeps it sharp. So um, we wanted to do something big. And so we went out to start UpFund. And within two months, um, our CTO was able to put an MVP together. And we um, did our first demo. Which went horribly wrong. Perfect. That's how all demos go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will direct you to Steve Jobs. Uh, there are many times he walked down on stage and stuff would just simply not work, right? Yes. And one of the first lessons I learned in tech, uh, probably, well, not probably, definitely back in the early 80s when I was studying computer programming as a kid, uh, my teacher told me, it will never work the first time. And, uh, and boy, I've tried to prove him wrong ever since, and I've never been able to prove him wrong. Yes, uh, yes. It never works the first time. Uh, we're going to dive more into that story and talk about kind of where they are today. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. 
Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P A R S I M O N Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, we're back again. Steve Simonson here on the Awesomers.com podcast, and we're talking to Will Moffat uh, with Upfund.io, which is a unique crowd-sourced inventory solution, and, and I find it very interesting. We're going to talk and dig into that, but I always like to start kind of where you came from, your origin story, Will. And so let's start at the very beginning. Where were you born? Um, so I was born in Oakland, California. Okay. All Bay right. Area. So are there any... Uh, um, natural tendencies towards uh, local sports teams or are you open on the sports front? Uh, well, I used to be really into sports, 49ers, um, until I started business. Then I didn't have any time to watch sports anymore. But Isn't that funny? That's me too. I used to be a big Dallas Cowboys fan uh, as a grown-up, as a kid, and even a young adult. But I, I haven't watched a, a game of any kind in in long, long time because I just don't have the time. Yeah, we're trying to buy a football team, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. And honestly, it can be more fun keeping score on our own uh, game than watching somebody else try to make points. So Exactly. Uh, so uh, how about your parents? What, what did your parents do? Uh, were they entrepreneurs or some other trade? So I so, uh, grew up in a single-family household. Uh, my mother, she job to job. You know, it was pretty tough um, for you know, my mom back, back then, as I'm an adult now, and I have my own family and children, I understand stood how much she did for me and, and how much she had to go through to keep me on the right path. Um, so yeah, she worked in the medical field. Um, and my dad, he was on the other side of the railroad track. So um, he was doing other things. Um, but he is now a very great man. Uh, he is on the right side of the railroad tracks. That's good. <laughs> and um, so my mom right now, uh, these days, they're doing wonderful. My mom and dad, um, they're such a blessing to me. Um, great people. But yeah, they, they, um, they were able to, to put some good values into me. I didn't have everything I wanted, you know, as a child. Um, didn't have much money. Um, but um, it, it w- it's what made me the 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 hungry humble and um driven person that i am today yeah i love that and i think that's a good lesson for all Oscars out there it doesn't matter you know kind of what what you come up with uh and there's a whole difference between wants and needs right uh, clearly you didn't starve to death so yeah. you know you, you got by and <laughs> exactly. uh, on the other side of it you know the values and the the accomplishments that you've made i think it's reasonable to give a shout out to that upbringing and and you know how it got you here so i think that's very good uh any siblings any brothers or sisters for you so i have one sister she's 10 oh, um wow. yeah that's, i have a 10 year old sister so my mother and father they're not married but um he he did marry a younger woman so um i have a sister she's awesome she's an awesomer I like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> to be an awesome. and, uh, and uh, yeah so um yeah and um and so just yeah me and my sister and yeah i have two kids and a beautiful wife uh and um they are what drives me every day um just you know to see their faces and and um be able to see them when i get home from work is just it's very inspiring yeah for sure you know uh, we always uh talk about the kind of finding your why. And of course, there's the business why, but there's the personal why, which I feel, uh, you know, a great amount of effort should go into. Whereas 
Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and awesomers get sidetracked with this idea that, well, my why is less important. I just need to buckle down. I need to carry the heavy load. But really, when you get your why and, you know, that's that it's much more attuned to, you know, kind of uh, relationships and family and finding things that make you happy. And although financial wealth can be instructive and instrumental to help some of those things, it's not the end goal, at least in my uh, opinion. So I, I like where you're coming from there. How about university? Did you spend any time at university? Yeah, so I went to an HBCU, um, Tuskegee University in Alabama. Okay. Um, so that was great. I was actually supposed to go to the military, um, and I uh, ended up getting accepted at the last minute. Um, I, it, it, and it's funny because where I was raised, I didn't even consider college. Um, so, um, it was just funny. I ended up running into a teacher that said, oh, you should apply some, to some colleges down South. And I was like, what? I never heard of it. And the HBCU is a historically black college. So, um, it was found by Booker T. Washington. Um, and so. Very historical reference. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's hard to get more historical than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 1881 was when the school was built. And, um, so, um, I applied to some schools down South and, um, and I just, you know, I got some letters back and I said, hey, mom, I'm not going to the military anymore. I'm, I'm going to college. And she's like, oh, you know, cool. Um, so because I was like the only person in my family to go to college. So, you know, any, nobody really knew, really, you know, talked to me about college. So it was just something that I was able to explore. And that that's what's so cool um, that, you know, wherever we are in life and at whatever stage, as long as we are able to listen to other people talk, if I heard somebody talk about college, I say, you know, what's, you know, I, nobody ever talked to me about college, but I heard about it, right? It caused me to act and apply, even though I haven't talked to anybody about it, right? And it's the same thing as what we do in business, right? I, I learned about Amazon because I was talking to somebody and they said something. I said, what is this Amazon thing? And then that's what made me act. It's these things in life that makes us, you know, if we act on what we hear and we we are exposed to, we can do, you know, great things that we didn't know we could do. I think that's really well said. And, you know, one of the foundational differences kind of between my version of my nomenclature of an awesomer and a normie, and I got no problem with normies. I love normies and many of friends and family normies, but they will listen and they may continue to want, they just don't act. And that's kind of one of the defining differences. If you don't act, you know, you are the sum of your actions at the end of the day. Yes. And for all the people who say, gosh, I wish I had more of this or I need more of that or freedom, time, money, whatever it is, it's really in the context of their actions, they probably are where they are because that, you know, they acted or they failed to act. And it's a, I don't know, maybe a rude awakening for some people, but that's just the way it is. And it doesn't matter where you are, where you came from. Uh, and the cool thing is, though, that today, you guys, you can turn that around today by just acting and not just acting randomly, but acting with direction, right? Um, with a mentor or somebody with books or, you know, some type of wise counseling. You know, sometimes it's going to take a lot of figuring out, but if you can get some assistance through knowledge or wisdom from some type of source, it helps ease, it makes the journey a little shorter. Boy, I think that's really sage wisdom. I hope everybody's taking clear notes because the, the you know, one of the things, you know, is I have some friends and, and I love them. They're great. We have a great time, but they'll send me uh, internet memes all day long. Right. And, oh, hey, that's hilarious. That's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I rarely even have time to get through them all. But it's like, gosh, I wonder how much time you spent on 
you know, learning a new skill or trying to develop some particular uh, direction, uh, you know, in your life versus sending me these funny memes all day. And, mm-hmm. and believe me, these cats are funny. I, I, I got no <laughs> love lost for the cats there. It's amazing. But uh, it's not a super revenue producer and it's not even a, a freedom producer. At the end mm. of the day. So I think very wise wisdom from you. <laughs> Um, now, so how did you like your university experience and what did you study? What, what was your specialty? I loved it. Um, I first went for aerospace engineering mm-hmm. and found out that math wasn't my <laughs> strong point. So um, except for money. But uh, <laughs> so I decided to go into business. And uh, when I went into business, I was able to do some cool things. I was able to purchase my first home while I was in college. Wow. And um, and I was able to, you know, I sold things. I started a photography business. Um, actually, I didn't do the photography but i had a photographer and i handled the money <laughs> but, okay. i like that and, um, so snacks. yeah exactly so snacks and classes like a lot of other people that you know they they've done but um i've always I, it is it was always hard for me to sit in a classroom and learn about something without physically doing it so if i took a real estate class i figured out how to buy a real estate you know i picked up the phone and called somebody that i felt knew real estate or they may have been a millionaire in real estate and i say hey you know i'm in college can you help me buy a property? I mean, within two weeks, I bought a property. Um, and so that's, that's really what it is, guys. Um, it's, you know, you want something, you just go and get it. And there's going to be bumps. There's going to be a lot of no's. But, you know, it's a numbers game. You know, you call 200 people, you know, you might get three people. And out of those three people, one person falls through. That's what you're looking at. It's no easy way out. Yeah, that, I love that. There. Our our natural wiring as humans, I suppose, is to look for the easy button and look for that silver bullet, um, but they really don't exist, you know. And and you'll mm-hmm. e- even the things that I feel the luckiest and the most fortunate to have experienced are usually the culmination of a bunch of other things that have happened over time. In particular, relationships and and things that we've uh, you know kind of put equity into over time. Relationship yeah. equity uh, often pays. So I love that. Um, how about what did you ever have a proper first job, uh, you know, or or some job out of college that, that you look back on and go, oh, that was a good time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> at 15, my first job was at um, a, a, a water park um, called Water World here in California. And um, I was I was handling the garbage. I was the trash man. Um, and um, I just walked around all day and did trash. But, you know, I took pride in it and I went every day and I was the best trash man I could be. I love it. You know, uh, besides the the potential for uh, uh, Kevin Costner and the Water World uh, guys to come after the water park, uh, I, I I love that job because uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite uh, stories that, that I used to describe awesomers. Even though awesomers in my world are often entrepreneurs, just because that's the world I hang out in, mm-hmm. awesomers come in every uh, you know walk of life. And uh, it was John F. Kennedy. He was touring the the Kennedy Space Center. It wasn't called Kennedy Space Center at the time, by the way. But he's down in in the area. They're they're launching the, uh, you know, all the rockets up and getting ready to go to the moon and so forth. And he just sees this this janitor, and he's just hustling, man. This guy's hustling. He's mopping the floor, and he's he's just going. He, he comes up to him. He says, "Hey, uh, you know, gosh, I see you're working your your tail off here. And you know, wh- what what's your job? Or you know, wh- what's your key function here?" And he's like, "Hey, man, I'm putting a man on the moon, right? <laughs> he saw the vision, and that guy's an awesomer in every possible way. Yes, because he saw the big picture vision. So it really is, you know, whatever you're going to do, do do the best that you can do at it, and you'll always uh, come out ahead. So uh, I, I love that uh, first story. My uh, not my first job, but my most recent proper job was I was a janitor uh, mm-hmm. while I was in college. Yes. And uh, 
I also took out in the trash, but I had other duties as well. So your specialization, I respect. <laughs> and and the, what, you know, what's cool about that, what I learned is that, um, you know, I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it. But there was something that I learned about myself is I had this thing with endurance, right? I can handle anything. It's summertime, it's hot. I'm dealing with trash. It's beautiful women out. Nobody, I'm a teenager. Nobody wants to be, you know, um, but it, w- it was the whole thing of learning, right? I learned that I never want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that I would, I would do anything to never go back. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's those things where, you know, we, we, we find out what we don't want by exploring a lot of different things, right? And when we keep eliminating what we don't want, we start moving into things that we do want, which creates, you know, our ideal um, situation. Yeah, that is uh, very well said. So anybody who's ever joined the Ospers.com uh, little mailing list where we just send out free stuff from time to time, the, the why process goes through this idea of identifying what you don't want in your life, right? That's the first step to figuring out what you do want. You, you say, hey, I don't want this in my life. And then you figure out your barriers or obstacles to eliminating those things from your life. And then you overcome those. So it's a very, uh, it's a smart thing. And actually, my first business uh, after I dropped out of college because I was too poor uh, was to uh, partner up with a guy in a janitorial company. And uh, so I kind of knew what I was doing from a technician standpoint. And then yeah. I just uh, went a little deeper and uh, decided to buy half the company. So, Oh, there we go. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, <laughs> but I still uh, was happy to exit that company, you know, decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me say, uh, so uh, the other question I had is, you know, was there a defining moment uh, kind of along your path from that that point either – you know, uh, being the trash guy or being in college to now where you said, when this, when this switch happened, you know, things kind of started going my way. A- anything you can think about? So the switch happened um, w- w- was when I had my first child. Um, I was an entrepreneur. And when I was dating my wife, she always knew I was an entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, hey, babe, support my dream or like, you know, I'm always on some some new random thing. I'm trying to do something. And um, and my parents was like, why don't you just get a job? My grandmother, she worked all her life. You need a real job. You know, everybody's telling me and I'm like, I just can't like I try and I quit because I got some new business idea. Like one day I had an idea to have a funnel cake shop. And I worked at Sherman, I think it's Sherman Williams Paint. Sure. And, and, and like, I had the idea and quit the same day. <laughs> like, but I opened the shop. Good, yeah. Nice. <laughs> but I opened the shop like a month later. And that's how aggressive I am. I love it. But, um, but you know, um, so it's just this hill, like, right up and down. Peaks, you know, low lows, high valleys, and like this, right? There was never, a, you know, any... Um, consistent up, right? Um, until finally, uh, you know, my wife, my wife was pregnant, and she said, you know, you gotta, you know, what are you gonna do? You can't keep doing this, right? You know, because now I'm involved, and you know, you're sending us up and down like a yo-yo. And I said, okay, um, I'll quit. I said, I'll quit. I'll go get a job. I'll be normal nine to five and, and we'll just ride off into the sunset, I guess. Right. (laughs) But something was weird about it. Right. I still was uncomfortable because I knew it's not me, but I was willing to make that sacrifice for my wife. Um, And I didn't want my kids to have to go through those things. Right. And so um, I ended up talking to a friend 
And um, my friend was like, oh, my brother is making $50,000 a month on Amazon. And I said, really, you know, what is he doing? And, um, you know, he was just like, um, he's just doing like retail arbitrage. He's going to Costco and, and these closeout stores and buying stuff on Amazon. I was like, huh. And I'm thinking in my background, my wife, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I said, okay, this is my last chance. And so I didn't tell my wife, I took out like a loan. I took out like a small $3,000 loan. Um, think from um, Lending Club. Mm -hmm. And um and I did a private label product, which now I probably, you know, like, dude, I was making some big chances. Like, I was really, like, you know, um, it ended up becoming a success, my first product. Like, literally within a month and a half, I was, like, at 40K wow. net. And net because my product price was only $3, and I was selling it for $34. I love it. My profit margins were crazy. You know, this doesn't normally happen, Steve. That's like right. your first product, you know, you usually got to fail a lot. It's a, it's a numbers game, right? You got to run through a lot of products, test them all to, to finally get a product. And when you got to get it, it's a lot of optimization, dealing with competition and all these different things just to get it profitable. And it just happened. And that's how I knew it was nothing but God. Because if it didn't work, my mom would have, my wife would have killed me. <laughs> Well, it doesn't hurt to have a little divine intervention right at the exactly, right moment. Oh. right? So I told my wife, um, I didn't, like, it started to succeed. And then that's when I got my partner. Um, I told my partner, because I first, uh, I messaged him, like, when I first had my baby. I was like, is there any way, uh, I took out this loan, I got 3000 bucks. How can I flip this? How can I flip this in a, in, you know, in a month or two or whatever? And it was like, that's what everybody's looking for. And then that's when I found the Amazon and I told him about it and he was like, wow, you know, and then he jumped in and then that's when the company started growing. But that was it. Um, right when I was about to fail, my last opportunity um, to I gave myself a chance. I love that defining yeah. moment. And I love the fact that it's it, so much of that story is interwoven with relationships, right? Yeah. The relationship between your your wife and yourself, the relationship between you and your new baby, mm -hmm. uh, the relationship between your you and your partner, the the one and and who, whomever else mentioned that their friend was selling on Amazon. All of those were relationship relational. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and but again, I think one of the defining characteristics of a an entrepreneur is the idea that you know persistence pays that you know there's there's hope around the corner and that you're willing to put the puzzle together mm -hmm. and and this is a big deal to me that too many uh, especially uh, younger entrepreneurs and I'm not speaking of age I'm speaking of experience mm -hmm. when you're just starting out in business when you're just starting on your own you kind of wish somebody else would just show you show up and tell you how to do everything mm -hmm. but that's not actually what teaches you right and to quote the old I think it's somewhere uh, some biblical kind of reference, but you know, uh, you teach, you feed a man, or what do you give him a fish? You eat for a day, you yeah. man mm -hmm. a fish, you eat for a lifetime, right? Exactly. And that's the point of what awesomers and entrepreneurs are able to flip the script on. No, I don't want to eat for a day. I want to eat for a lifetime. I want mm -hmm. this to be sustainable, and I want to develop a lifestyle of freedom, or you know, whatever your objectives are. So I love that. What a great defining moment. And it's uh, so important, Steve. Like, I mean, this whole so so you, our success depends on experiences right it's not nobody can tell you anything to make you successful you can give me all the private label products ideas i want you can say will here's a successful private label product i want you to have it it's successful for me and i may not be able to make that private label product successful 
it, it, it's all about, it, it, it's a deeper experience. And, and, you know, it's just that you guys gotta, you know, everybody has to just keep trying different things. Try, try harder, try a different way, try to go around, try to ask somebody. You know, like when I first was going through that situation with my wife and trying to figure out what I was going to do, I was reading my Bible and like spirit said, seek and you shall find. And I was like, seek and you shall find. Like, I need an answer. Like, I don't got time for this stuff. <laughs> like, seek and you shall find. So I'm like, so, so I was on a mission to seek. I was that's how I talked to my friend. I was asking people things like this. Oh, you know, what's going on here? And calling people up. I'm looking on the internet. I'm seeking, seeking, seeking. And, and things were coming to me. And I was actually going to create a finance. Interesting enough, I was going to create a finance company, a finance brokerage company, um, where I was just going to pretty much resell, um, um, uh, resell uh, like finance from a commercial lender, right? Just resell it um, for a commission. And that's what I was like physically building. And then when the Amazon thing came up, so seeking we shall find is the experiences, you know, and even if you did come upon money, if you don't have experience with handling money, you will lose it. And I know my friend always told me, like when I came into Amazon, it was just a lot of money. He told me, you know, when I first started, he's like, you know, if you're a billionaire, live like a millionaire. If you're a millionaire, live like a thousandaire. Well, if you're a thousandaire, you probably should be living, yeah. you know, uh, well a, under your means. Maybe a dozenaire. Right? Yeah, a dozenaire. Right to right? the bottom, down to a dozenaire, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's, it, but it's the experiences, right? Because I still didn't get it. Even though somebody told me that. Right. So, you know, you're getting this money dumped into your account. What do you go do? What does a broke person do? They go buy a nice car. Right. They go get the biggest this and the biggest that. Right. Well, you're not so much of a thousand euro millionaire anymore. You got bills. Right. And then, you know, these bumps in the roads come, you know, Amazon's algorithm slaps you upside the head. Um, so, you know, it, it's just experiences. And the only thing I can say, guys, is just, you know, um, yeah, experience as much as you can. Force yourself to experience. Um, always be open. Never close the door. Um, and uh, yeah, and enjoy the journey. It's a hard journey, but enjoy it. It's because you can literally do whatever you want. Literally. Yeah, I think that's that, it. Is it is a quite a literal uh, fact that you can do whatever you want, and that if you don't enjoy the journey, then you're going to have you know. I, I got a spoiler alert coming. Uh, we're our, our destination, you know, six feet under, and regardless of you know, afterlife or not, on yep. this earth, there's coming to an end. Why not enjoy the journey? And and you can engineer the journey to make it enjoyable along the way as well. Exactly. And, and so, I, I mean, clearly lessons are baked in there. A lot of good stuff. Um, do you have a best day? Maybe a professional life best day that you're like, man, when this when this happened, or I achieved this particular milestone. I did a little victory lap. Um. I would have to say, you know, okay, besides with, um, you know, Amazon, that was a huge victory. I, I guess maybe when my wife quit her job and, um, you know, uh, she was able to quit her job. And, and this was a result of you being able to generate enough exactly. income to, to care for the whole family, right? Exactly. And she didn't have to work anymore and she was able to stay home with the kids. Nice. And that, that was huge for her and it was huge for me. A lot of pressure. No pressure, guys. But um, um, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Um, so, uh, but 
what it what it taught me is that you know her values is to train our kids you know she wants to be there for them she wants to train them and mold them herself right into great from great little people to great you know adults yeah and and my job is to facilitate that however i can so if i'm lacking um it's it's a challenge to me you know as a, a husband as a father to make sure I make their dreams come true, you know? So that, that, that is what drives me to keep creating new experiences, to keep seeking and finding, to make it to a new level, you know, keep growing in new levels. Yeah, I definitely uh, like that. So uh, how about, you know, uh, over time, you know, cause you've, you've uh, gone from that Genesis of the idea on Amazon into kind of a, you know, probably a, a topsy-turvy world of Amazon. And then you've gone into the fintech space or fintech, mm-hmm. I suppose they call it, financial technology. Yep. Um, was there ever a time between kind of then when you kind of are like, wow, this is a real thing to now where you're like, oh, this is too much for me. I, I, I got to, I want to give up. I want to walk away. I'm going to go whatever, you know, uh, maybe go back to the trash man job, whatever it is. Is there a time you, you said, this is too much for me. I want to walk away. It's always too much. That's the thing. It it never, you know, when you're in business, I've never experienced, well, okay, I've experienced times when things got easy, but around a the corner, there's something hard coming, right? And our job as entrepreneurs, you know, we get paid to solve problems. You know, that's what we do. Our job isn't an easy road. If If it's too easy, then you're probably not doing something right because or you're not growing something's wrong or something's about to die right maybe a business so you know you know our ability to earn is all about our ability to solve problems so i'm i'm i have a problem every day as soon as i wake up you know if you know it's a phone call or an email or something something i have to fix right i'm a problem solver i've i've accepted it and there's nothing that can happen to make me feel sad there's nothing that can happen. I've been to the worst places in business. Okay. So there's nothing that can happen to make me say, Oh man, like I'm a failure or this or that. No, like, you know, it happens. All I know is that look, sometimes business work, sometimes it doesn't, there's going to be a hard time coming around a corner. I need a solution for every phase. If it doesn't work, I need a golden parachute, like, you know, like, you know, this, this is real, it's, it's everything is strategy. Every, it's, it's like, if you think about the show, you guys, you know, if you guys think of like Game of Thrones or something, right? It, this is real, that's what business is. It's literally chess pieces. And you always know somebody's trying to take your money. Somebody's trying to dominate your company. Somebody's trying to move in. Is somebody trying to do something? If it's on Amazon, somebody's trying to take over your product. Somebody's trying to do something weird. <laughs> and you, all it is is chess pieces. So the the sooner you realize that that you know there's opposition every day that's after you, the clearer you can understand how sharp you have to be. And 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 if you can just remember that, I have to be sharp. I have to be on this. I have to be on this every day, right? There's nobody else that can do it but you. You know, you think you can outsource it. You can outsource it, but you better be watching that person that you're outsourcing to, right? Because the, the something they're doing something wrong. You know, they could be doing something right, but who knows? It's your business. If something goes wrong, it falls back on you. It's your family that's going to 
that's going to feel that pain. So yeah, um, every day I feel that, but, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm conditioned for, right? I'm conditioned yeah. to solve problems. So to me, it's fun now, right? Because every day I know that I have something new to do, a new challenge, a new problem to solve and a new, because I'm able to solve problems, it's a new opportunity to make more money. Yeah, for sure. I think that's very well said again, the, the fact that, you know, the entrepreneur's job to kind of rephrase what you said is essentially just to solve problems all day. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, if there weren't problems, then we don't add much value, right? If somebody could just, you know, oh, hey, send 3000 bucks to this guy in China and they send a product and then Amazon sends you a check for 40 grand, <laughs> everybody would do that, right? That, there, there's nothing to that. Uh, if we don't figure out a way to add value, which is overcoming challenges and obstacles, and it it reminds me of the um, Thomas Edison quote, and I'll, I'll paraphrase the best I can, but it's like, you know, I didn't fail. Uh, I just tried 10,000 ways it didn't work, and then I found the way to make the light bulb, right? And yep. so mm -hmm. if, if each of us go, well, I tried this and it didn't work, so I'm a failure or this idea is no good, and you walk away, you're missing the point. The, the journey was that was one step, and you've got to take more steps, and you've got to tweak and adjust and pivot and do whatever you got to do exactly until it works right i mean there, there's just no way around it you have to be persistent and you have to work through problems I, I think that's really good advice and the recognition that you know it can be challenging it can be difficult and when problems come up and lightning bolts always strike there's there's you know you may get some time period that they you don't hit, get a lightning bolt but they're coming and, and you know you won't like it it's an unwelcome surprise i mean growth is a lightning bolt i mean your success right. is a lightning bolt you you, you think you're going to be a millionaire or billionaire is going to get easy it's going to be harder you got more people to manage you got you know you you got to protect your finances you got to make sure you're growing nobody's stealing from you you got to you know it gets harder you got family asking you for money how are you going to do with that how are you going to keep them tell them no you're going to tell them yes like it it only more success brings on more responsibility so accept it now and 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 do it yeah i don't remember who the great philosopher was perhaps it was shakespeare but he he said something to the effect of mo money mo problems and mm -hmm. uh and i'm pretty sure that that is absolute truth uh having uh been on quite a uh you know a, a path in my time over my 30 years in business uh, i've seen all kinds of you know kind of ups and downs and and all the the uh the pluses and minuses that go along with each of those uh, uh valleys and and peaks uh, i'm trying to be like you steve <laughs> oh, well, good. Yeah, believe me, it'd be great. Uh, you know, I could tell you some stories that would uh, make your skin crawl. And, uh, but, and, and then I would say, yeah, it's still worth it. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. So uh, before we take a break, we're going to talk a little bit more after the break about kind of Will's future predictions, where he sees things going, not just with uh, the fintech piece, but also Amazon, maybe at larger e-commerce in general. Uh, but we're also going to talk, uh, you know, about uh, his company a little bit and, and make sure that people understand how that thing works and and maybe I'll share some experience I've had with it. Uh, but before we do that, I just do you have a favorite tool or an app or process or something that you use day to day that you like cannot live without? Anything you care um, that I cannot live without. I, yeah. I would have to say probably I, I think it might be best to recommend books because the knowledge that I've obtained I can't live without. You know, the lot the knowledge allow me to find everything else. Um, but um, so books that I recommend, some books that I read, sure. guys. Um, number one, the Bible. I love Proverbs. Um, of course, the Lean Startup. A lot of people um, read that. But if you guys are Amazon sellers, the Lean Startup 
actually can fit into any category, whether it's Amazon and, you know, the lean startup for launching products is awesome, right? You know, you just take, read that book and just think Amazon, right? Bow, you're done, right? <laughs> um, uh, also like the, um, uh, the richest man in Babylon, um, the 10X rule. Um, the four hour work week, keep that in context, guys, <laughs> the e-myth, um, revisited, um, the blue ocean strategy, the compound effect and primal branding. Those are some of my favorite books. You know, as you obtain knowledge from friends and knowledge from books, things, you're able to put these things together. Like, and so when you have experience, you, you have these things archived and it's like, oh, I remember when I read that book and I pulled it in and my friend told me this and you can make a you know good wise decisions um so yeah that's a really good list uh in our show notes everybody as always uh at the top of the bottom of the show we'll announce the the link that you can go to to grab this episode and we'll put all the contact info and every you know the ways to find Will and his company and we'll, we'll also try to get those books in there a number of those books I've read uh, but I really do agree with Will's premise that you know all you're doing is you're gathering a bunch of breadcrumbs you know, when you, when you read these books and when you listen to podcasts or any other knowledge kind of, uh, you know, method of trying to gain knowledge, you're, you're putting all these breadcrumbs together and later you're going to figure out the pattern of the trail they take you to. And sometimes the books will make sense years later and you're like, hang on, I, I remember this. And you may even dig that thing back out and, and kind of go through it again to freshen up. But so many times these, the, the lessons are not necessarily immediate, but uh, they, they do, I think, in aggregate generate knowledge or equity uh, yeah. as i like to say so uh we're going to be right back after this everybody and we're going to again talk about will's uh future predictions and so you're not going to want to miss that we will be right back catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, back again, everybody. Steve Simonson here uh, talking about the Awesomers.com podcast topic of the day. And we've got our special guest, Will Moffat, with us. And we're talking about all kinds of things, uh, Will's origin story and as well as his company. And I want to talk a little bit about kind of how upfund.io works, uh, Will, because I, I do think that it's a common problem, especially for entrepreneurs who are trying to um, grow quickly. That, you know, success can be an obstacle, right? Success can hamper you because cash flow is king. And, you know, when you're trying to figure out most of the the startup entrepreneurs don't understand how to get terms from the Chinese companies that understand how to, you know, to negotiate, uh, you know, either lines of credit, you know, inventory lines of credit or other things when the things arrive. So they're dealing really on a hand to mouth cash basis, mm -hmm. which can be very, very uh, problematic. So how have you guys, I know how you identified the problem because you lived it, but mm -hmm. how have you gone about trying to solve it? So what we found is that, um, you know, with with private label, the you know the shipping and the lead the lead time and shipping time is just a killer. You know, it just sucks. You're you're throwing. I mean, especially if you have a successful product. I mean, you're ordering ten thousand units or something. A fast mover. You know, I mean, you're talking about a hundred thousand dollar order, right? Um, you got to cough up thirty percent of that, <laughs> and then it's like you know, then you got to wait. 
<laughs> 60 days or so. And then you better hope you still have inventory to keep that thing moving once it get in. Because if not, you're going to have to cough up some more money to get that product moving again. Um, or lower your prices to get, you know, or whatever it is, you're going to be losing money if you run out of inventory. Um, so, so with that, we created a system to where uh, you won't have any payments during your lead time and shipping time. You can adjust these times if you're a wholesaler, a private labeler, or whatever strategy you have. You can kind of um, create uh, a timeline to where you know you can kind of arrange your finances in a proper way to where you're only paying when that that product sells. And and that's pretty much the concept of it. Another concept that we have is um, we we really um, we really like to talk and educate people on staying out the debt trap. And it's so easy to get in debt with Amazon. And, and a lot of people don't understand how you can easily get into debt, you know, I mean, having a felt product. Or if you're always running out of inventory and you're having to relaunch every two months, you're, you know, that could kill your business. Or if you're out of stock for say two months, you just blew, you could have made 15 grand, right? Or 20 grand. You know, it's a whole bunch of little things that people don't understand, like not calculating your profit margins. And, you know, it's just so many ways you can lose money. And we like to educate people on, on how to properly um, structure your finances. And, and, so we actually, we have a very aggressive payback schedule. You know, we generally like um, people to pay um, uh, back within 5.5 to six months if they're, they're structuring their finances right. You know, they shouldn't have, they should be able to because what, what we found ends up happening is, and if you can control this yourself, then kudos, right? But a lot of people just don't. You take out a loan, 50 grand, 100 grand or whatever, right? You're paying back the normal schedule payments as soon as you take it out. Um, your product is out to sea. It's, it's in China and, and, and it's coming to the US, right? Your money is not working for you. Um, then Prime Day comes. Okay, what do you, you didn't pay that money back. You got to get more money because you got some money tied up, right? So now, now you're, you're, you actually just doubled your interest, all right? And then if you don't pay that back fast, Christmas is coming up, right? You, you just tripled your interest, you know? And, and it's just like, it's just smart to kind of just keep it clean, right? You know, um, if you can. And it's all about how you do business and how you structure your finances and your situation. Just have to figure it out. Everybody's different. Everybody has different strategies. Um, but, you know, we believe in like, you know, um, and we learned this because one time we got in really bad debt um, and, and we took Amazon lending and they gave us just this large chunk of money. Sure. Um, but the, the, something ended up out, it was a long time ago, something ended up happen, happening with the product. Or I think we started getting into tech and we stopped worrying about Amazon. We're like, oh, we're going to quit Amazon or whatever. And, and, you know, I wouldn't look at Amazon for maybe a week or two, which is horrible, guys. Don't ever not focus on your Amazon business or competition will eat you alive. Um, and so uh, eventually our products was just dying. They were dead. And we still had this Amazon loan. And we just we were actually paying out this loan and just paying off the loan. Right. Um, and wasn't even really selling. And so, you know, that's, we got to be careful of those things, you know, so. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really good, um, you know, lesson that 
there are so many ways you can kind of compound your um, uh, your jeopardy, I suppose, right? Uh, it, it's like I'm I'm okay about taking risk, and I think we should be smart about risk. But uh, the the reality is, the more that you kind of double down, triple down on you know the next loan, the next big event, you're, you're always floating this bigger, bigger chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And I will say that you know, in some cases, it's better to just grow a little slower. And and just you know, kind of uh, have a, a pace and a patience about the the growth strategy. Um, one of the things I like about how you guys have done it is you basically have some. Uh, I won't describe your your technology, but as I understand it, a seller can go to you and say, "Hey, here's my Amazon account," and you they give you some kind of credentials that allows you to verify their account. They say, "I'm looking for this much money to." launch a product or replenish a product or whatever. And you guys do some kind of work in the background to make sure that that's a reasonable deal for the, the marketplace. Is that, is, am I describing yes. it right? Maybe you can fill in some blanks. There. Exactly. Yeah. We, we understand that when, when, when somebody's overreaching, right? <laughs> like, or, or they're, they just like, they're compounding debt or whatever it is, or just like what they want is not reasonable for growth. Um, so our system, based upon our experience, we built the algorithm that will understand what they actually need to grow. And if they don't fit our system, then they don't fit our system, right? But we know, like, we have a, a, a great track record for funding successful sellers. And, and the people who are not so successful, you know, generally, they, they don't make it with us. Um, or, or, like, you know, it might be somebody that looked good and then, you know, we may not have been able to fund them. And then you, you see later on their business is gone, right? You know, it's so it's just, um, it's, it's pretty cool that my, my partners, they were able to build something special um, that, that, you know, um, I, I don't think a lot of people, I wish I could, um, maybe I should educate people more on the importance of like what we do and how we do it. Uh, like our, the people who use us frequently, they understand, but some people, you know, they email us and, you know, it's like, well, you know, I don't get this. And, you know, and um, so, yeah, guys, it's, it's simple. Um, we're, we're all about, you know, um, not racking up a bunch of debt and, and growing, um, being successful and, and just making sure we stay in business. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying we, I mean, both you as a seller and us as a company. Of course, long term, uh, you're, it doesn't help you to see sellers go out of business. You want to them to exactly. kind of come back and back. And so, you know, I always like to draw the, the delineation between simple and easy, right? It is simple. The concept and the, the premise and the way you guys execute it is extraordinarily simple. And I think very well done. Uh, so kudos to you and the team. Oh, thank you. Um, I've, I've been in as an investor to their uh, side and, and threw some money in a, a series of projects. And then I watched how, you know, all those came back over time. And I think you guys have a very high ratio of, you know, loans, uh, you know, loan to payback. Do you share any of those types of stats or how, how's that work? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, so it's not considered a loan. Um, it's really considered yeah, a, con- it it's a consignment deal, um, with investors. So we had a, have a crowd of investors and, um, they all invest in Amazon sellers. Nobody knows your product. Nobody, um, you know, there's no information about you to the public. It's all, you know, the investors trust up fund that we're picking the right Amazon sellers to fund. Um, I'm sorry, Steve. In, in no. your question, I kind of well, no, I just I, you're on the right track. So that that we were leading towards the idea that so it's not a loan; it's a consignment deal. 
yeah. um, and that you guys have put this technology in place that helps qualify. But it really is to me, it's like, what's the rate of payback? I mean, you know, how big is the fail rate? Because I could tell yeah. you some bank stories that make you, you know, uh, go nuts. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you guys actually do actually right now? Um, 0. 0.66. That's amazing. Yeah. And it will, I mean, we have to, we, we have to stay on top. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like we're, we're, a, we're staring, we're still in startup mode, right? We see when something's coming and we put out the fire. Like that's, I'm the solution guy. Remember guys like <laughs> fires every day, but, but because of that, we're able to, you know, keep the company nice and steady and, and at a growth. Um, and, and yeah, so, so in our underwriting process, you know, we're able to see who, who are the clear winners and, and, and who may not uh, fit, fit our model. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Well, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, you know, we'll probably have Will on again in the future and, and we'll do an awesome authority uh, piece where we kind of dive into some of the details. But I just want to, uh, from my perspective, just share that if you're a seller and you feel that you're constrained by cash, then why, you know, it behooves you, it, it doesn't hurt you to go check it out and see if you qualify, see if it makes sense to you. Because the, the premise is, you know, the whatever amount of money that is raised for this consignment inventory is paid back as the product sells. So it's, you know, it, it, there's a cash flow centric and cash flow friendly methodology to the payback, which makes investors say, okay, well, you know, given the high rate of payback and the, the reasonable interest rates, you know, maybe I should take the risk. And is it my, maybe my understanding is correct. Maybe it's not, but I think you have more investors than you have deal flow. Is that fair to say? Um, well, it goes up and down, back and forth, but we have a lot of investors. Yes, we have a lot of investors and it just goes back and forth. One minute we have to find more investors. One minute we have to find more sellers, but we're, we're generally always investor heavy. Um, it's just a lot of people in the world with money. It's, it's, it's interesting. Before I started this company, I didn't understand so many people had money. I mean, guys, so this this is, um, you know, I think that it's just important for all of us to understand is that we always look at maybe our life and our situation. There's a big world out there with a lot of things going on and there's a lot of opportunity and we just got to grab a little bit. Right. Yeah, no, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, often I, I would tell people stop buying things with your own wallet, right? Uh, and I, I learned a lesson very early on about you know trying to buy things with my own wallet. Uh, I had a customer, I had a, a carpet store after the janitorial company. It evolved into a uh, a flooring a company and a carpet store. And I had a guy. He came in. He says, "Hey, I'm looking for carpet for my whole house." And I had just gone through this showroom. I just bought it from a guy. And I'm like, these prices are way too high. This is, you know, I'm embarrassed to even see these prices, but I didn't have time to change them. And so I'm showing the guy the carpet. And he's like, I kind of like this. And in my mind, I'm feeling guilty. I'm like, oh, nobody can afford this <laughs> because I can't afford it. Yeah. And, and so he, he ends up, he's like, yeah, I love this. I want this for my whole house. And it was like a $10,000 carpet job, mm -hmm. which was like probably more than I made in a year at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I was just hustling. And the and then so the already the lesson was being w learned like oh maybe people can't afford this mm -hmm. and then he goes oh by the way uh, I've got my rental house next door let's do that whole house too <laughs> he doubled it to twenty grand right so my mind is completely blown and never again will I buy anything with my own wallet no matter how big that wallet is or how small it is somebody else has a bigger wallet than me yeah so, very good uh, uh, way to yeah. so. 
All right. So I love, uh, you know, all of this uh, time you've been able to spend with me today, Will. I really appreciate it. Uh, before we go, I'd love to hear any predictions you have about whether it's Amazon or the fintech space or just mm. e-commerce in general. Uh, anything you wish to share with awesomers out there? Well, oh my goodness, I can go on and on. So I guess, I, so I guess I'll just start with Upfund. With Upfund, um, we we have heard you guys out there. Um, we we understand and we know that a lot of international sellers have issues um, with finding money, um, and we've been trying to crack this code for a while. Um, we do have some ideas. It's gonna um, that can securely fund the whole entire you know the e-commerce industry um is a two trillion dollar industry right that's that's far bigger than just the u.s alone um so um due to regulations and laws and things a lot of people in just risk you know a lot of people aren't able to go um international and cross borders but there's some pretty savvy th ways out there that it can happen so we're, we're working on some cool ways to to um facilitate um the world um so uh that that's what upfund is kind of, that's what that's been on upfund's mind um as far as uh e-commerce um look amazon uh that's not going anywhere it's it's amazon is here to stay there's always going to be opportunity um whether you have a shopify website whether you sell on amazon whether you sell on ebay wherever you sell there's always opportunity adapt grow and make it work um there's always going to be adversity there's always going to be challenges it's always going to get tighter and tighter every year but that's what making money is all about finding solutions right so i think that um i have nothing you know um specifically to say about e-commerce but there's opportunity for everyone um you got to figure it out talk to guys like steve <laughs> <laughs> well uh, again sage wisdom delivered by will right there talk to steve that's the, the perfect solution to every problem uh i, I will say this uh for those awesomers out there listening uh as always the empower e-commerce cooperative is something that you know that's where i put a lot of uh energy into as a as a, a non-profit member on cooperative you know, anything that I ever do where people are like, hey, have an affiliate this or have an affiliate that, I don't do any of that stuff personally. Anything and everything goes to this nonprofit member-owned cooperative. And there are solutions in the making for inventory financing once you have the product inside the building, you know, inside a third-party warehouse uh, or your own warehouse potentially. There are solutions being uh, developed to help people source products with terms as long as the the orders are sufficient sizes writing terms for a two thousand dollar starter order is not super efficient because the paperwork involved in these types of things but as as they get bigger so we want we really want to see you know multiple bites at the apple right helping people establish terms and understanding how things work in china better and then helping them, you know, get uh, bridge funding in whatever format, the crowdfunding, for example, that I love from Upfund. And then even uh, tail financing that, you know, could be for your ongoing inventory that you're holding stock on. We, in many cases in my past, we've been able to turn that into a bankable asset. And the key is, and Will talked about this earlier, that the traditional banks are worthless when it comes to helping entrepreneurs of this size and of this nature. Right. They, they just are not going to help you. The time, their understanding, every part of that is just, you know, equals ignorance. There, there's just no way they're going to get there. Uh, certainly not in a compelling, systemic, large, sustainable way. 
But I think other people who are using technology to help solve this, and that includes guys like Will and others like him that are able to say, you know what, if we put these, uh, you know, barriers in place to try to make, you know, keep out the riffraff and we, you know, try to push towards success and educate people, we're going to have more successful and positive outcomes. And that's what we all want. We all just want positive outcomes. That's right. I love it. All right. Well, listen, Will, any final words of wisdom for our gang? Uh. Yeah, guys, just go out there and get it. You know, like like Steve was saying earlier, um, ultimately, look, a um, hundred years from now, you know, um, we won't be here. <laughs> you know, or or one hundred and thirty years from now, we won't be here. So while we're here, make the best of it. Let's let's do something. Do something big. Do something great. Get like get out your comfort zone. The the only you know, look. This world has so many cool things going on. So many people are doing cool things, right? And and you're capable. And if you don't believe you can do it, find somebody who can and see if you can help them, right? Get, get, just, just, just think about what you want and go for it, right? You might fail. Most people do. But keep going. I promise you, if you never quit, at some point you're going to succeed, right? Yeah. So it's a numbers game. It's a time game. It's an experience game. It's, it's all about finding solutions and just just believe. I mean, the only time things are get, is going to be easy is, <laughs> I like that <laughs> my friend said this. <laughs> it's pretty funny. The only time things are going to get easy is if you just quit, file bankruptcy, and just go do nothing. Go sit on the corner. You know, become a bum or something, right? That's that's the only time it's gonna get easy for you, right? But but I believe that everybody, you know, there's something for everybody. So we just have to figure it out. Definitely agree with you, Will. I I also believe in the world of abundance. There's something out there for everybody. You just have to make your path. And like Will said earlier, just act, just go, just do something. And it, it that numbers game will eventually cap, catch up to you in the right way, and you'll find your your hook. Uh, uh, Osmers out there listening, we will be right back after this. Empowering. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. This is another great example after you know speaking with Will and learning more about his origin story to really reflect on the idea that you know Osmer's origin stories are just so different, right? Everybody's got their own background, their own place they came from, their own challenges. But really any of us that just take a moment and you know listen, we can identify and go, oh man, that's pretty tough stuff. I had something similar or you know my my thing was a lot easier. However, you decide to internalize and listen to these origin stories. My hope is that you will reflect that, gosh, so often challenges are going to come up and awesomers just don't stop. They're persistent. They just keep going. And Will's a great example of that because, you know, he's always on the, the front edge of trying to figure out what's next and using his 
you know, financial tech company to try to build a way to help sellers overcome a, a standard problem. What another great example of that Amazon ecosystem dropping out yet another business model, another type of business. They were able to apply a very unique concept, which is kind of financial crowdfunding, with a very common problem, which is getting enough stock to buy your product on Amazon. And by putting controls and systems in place, they're really able to put something unique together. So to find all the show notes, all the relevant links, things like that, go to awesomers.com slash 31. And the reason why, this was Awesomers episode number 31. Uh, awesomers.com slash 31 to find all the show notes. It's right there for you. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you can even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.